0: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast.
1: Yeah. Can I pray before? Hell yeah, you
2: will yeah pray we'll pray together. Break. Yeah. All right, guys, you're, you're good
1: to go. Okay. What do you want to pray? Um, I just start off with, uh, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to give us. Lord, I just thank you for uh, our recovery path, my recovery story, Lord, the testimony that you give me to uh, share to the world, uh, share to whoever that I come across with, Lord. Um, Without you, um, nothing's possible. Um, Thank you for giving me strength through all these years, and I couldn't do it without you, Lord. And I pray for the people that are dealing with uh, addiction today, and um, let them find it. And let them uh, find the rooms of recovery and hope, and 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 get out of the struggles that they're in, in your son's name, Jesus
2: Christ, Amen. Um, all right, so you are only the second person. There's one other, one of my best friends who I got sober with. Oh, it's Richard's phone doing acting up. No, it's mine. It I, says I Richard. I, look, I think I turned mine off. <laughs> um, uh. So you're one of the only uh, my my buddy Peter Flick who I grew up with. He asked to meditate before we did this. Okay. Yeah, and I think it's like a it really does. Yes. It, it gets you centered, right?
1: Yes, I think it gets you know me out of it uh, and
2: put him first. And do then you, do you do that before speaking commitments? I do that like I I yes. or, or even if I'm ever freaked out about something, I'm just like get out of the way, right? And I always like if I'm going into a place where I'm super nervous um I'm, i'll be like uh, god I, I need i need you to roll with me on this yes. one like just i heard somebody say in a meeting uh yesterday give up the control that i never had right i mean I know. I, we never had it yeah
1: let's get out of our own way
2: yeah you know so you some... you got in my way in a very in a good way so richard is here i work for the news station uh kwtx um news 10 here in waco texas and we had an event to do it's called Be Remarkable and it's awesome. Um we it honors people in the community that are doing a lot of good stuff. Now, I saw Richard on the list, one of the people who was nominated and was going to be honored and uh I didn't quite comprehend um all all the stuff he did in recovery. So when I met you, so we show up at the Veterans One Stop, yep. And I and I met you and 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 you started to talk about going into prisons and the work that you do and I was like, "Oh my gosh, cuz I've gone, I mean, not like you do, but I've gone to prisons and spoken, you know, you bring a meeting to a right. prison." I was like, "This dude's in recovery." And yeah. I could tell by the light that was coming off you. Like when somebody is really working it, this is my experience, there is something happening to them that is way bigger than all of us. Yes, sir. And in talking to you in 5 minutes, I was like, "Okay, this guy has been to the absolute bottom of the barrel because of addiction, right? Drugs right. and alcohol, right. and now here he is going into prison, showing mm-hmm. people the way out yep. of that hole. Yes, sir.
1: Yep. Um, yeah, man. I, I really love what I do. Um, I work for the Heart of Texas Behavioral Health Network, like I, like you know, Pete. Yeah. Um, and I go to the um, county jail. And I do classes, and I teach the inmates, male and female side. And I love it. I love it. Uh, They come in class, and they you know, sometimes they're a little rowdy. They don't know what to expect, (laughs) and they just think they're going to get out of their uh, little tank. But um, surprise, surprise, they start learning stuff, Um, and they want help while they're in there. So, And where they're at, little light for them. You know, a little bit of, you know, of hope and support. And they see that. And so they start learning uh, all what we have to tell them. And it's just simple stuff like coping skills and, and how to do deal with grief and, and relapse prevention. Uh, some of these things they'll never understand, you know, and never heard of. But since they're sitting in there and they can't leave while they're staying in the county jail, uh, we give them all the support and all this learning and teaching and some of them get it. Some of them have to do it a couple more times.
2: Um, Sounds but, familiar.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I really, like I know a little something about yeah, that. Yeah, And then for myself in that role, it's giving back, just giving back. Um, and whenever I get back into that type of in community, I'm getting my own recovery.
2: And so, you've, been, you've, you've been sober for 10 years. Yeah, over right?
1: over 10 years. Yeah, so My but, timeline is, you know, somewhat, I'm not as good as a timeline, <laughs> you know, expert as you. I'm but, a weirdo with I, I'm, yeah. I'm not
2: the smartest guy, but I'm good with like dates and stuff like that. But yeah. you were, you're 38 now, you got, yep. and, and 28 is when. Yeah. That's I your, say about that. Yeah, yeah about your clean date, right? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah.
1: I uh, The reason why it's 28 and not even earlier, uh, because it was like 22, 23, whenever I got sober uh and um but 28 is because it relapsed i i had to, i went through a divorce and i relapsed um but
2: how I, long were you sober from 22 to to what
1: uh 22 to 28 wow. so what is that and then you relapse oh yeah yeah 22 yeah. to yeah 28
2: That's
1: okay what
2: six years yeah and then so then you relapse and then you got right back on i the got horse. back on it yeah.
1: yeah uh so i can tell you my you yeah, no. I'm gonna we- ask. you. I'm gonna ask you. Oh, okay. By the
2: way, that's not the story for everybody. Like, and that's one of the things. I I used to sit around and think, man, people will come in and they share about, oh, I relapsed and then I came back, and I'd be like, well, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can go out for a weekend and then come back. I was at a no. meeting yeah. where a buddy. I'm sure you probably met this guy through recovery. His name's Chris, and he was sharing his story. Um, it was his anniversary, and he said that he swore he was going to go to. He was sober for like. Ninety days. And he swore he was gonna go to Lubbock with his girlfriend, where Texas Tech is, and he was just gonna drink for one weekend. Yep. And that was it. And he said he was out for six years. Yes. And and yeah. that's and some people don't come back, they die. Mm-hmm. They die out there. Yeah. Yep. So by the but like look at us sitting here. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a miracle. So I want to get I want to talk about your miracle. When you were growing up, uh, and again, like I want you to be comfortable. Don't feel like you gotta like out or anybody or you know, but what was the situation like growing up? Was there was there alcohol around you? Was there, was there drugs around you? I laugh because it's you know, um,
1: yes, yes, Pete. There was alcohol and much much more. Um, so my growing up experience, strength and hope. So um, growing up it was a little wild. Um, born into poverty, um, and then um, my stepdad because that's all the dad I've known uh-huh. when I was little. Uh, he was a carpenter, and my mom was a home homemaker and an alcoholic and a uh, drug user from time to time. Okay. And then my stepdad, he uh, he was a carpenter, but also his background was in the Army. But he treated me like a little private. He treated me like... You know he he was a drill instructor, and I was his private and so that was all comes with a lot of yelling, a lot of manipulating uh emotional abuse um and then um and I have to ask for forgiveness because this is probably the hardest part of my story is my growing up uh he was uh sexual abuse my older sister from seven to sixteen seventeen so ten years. Um and he uh, we moved around a lot of times. And um and I didn't know why. I thought it was just because we was poor and didn't have no money and uh then, and then there's some times where we uh moved into campgrounds and lived in tents. And then um there's some there's one time me and my sisters and we're like we see a yellow school bus and we all have PTSD over it because we uh he made a yellow school bus when it wasn't cool back in the day. Yeah. Uh, out of an RV or makeshift RV. So we went to school and jumped on the bus and came home, got on the bus and then lived in the bus. So it was kind of a while then. But, uh,
2: and now, the abuse was going on. And the abuse On the was, bus. Yeah. yeah. All, all, all the all whole of, time.
1: Yeah. Um, more so when she got older. Yeah. And then my little sister, she was, you know, she was like the lookout. So we all got, and we all we all got, um, what's the word? Infected? No. Yeah. Affected. Yeah. Affected yeah. by that. Yeah. A uh, type
2: of abuse. Yeah. In one it, way every, or another, everybody got hit with it. Everybody. I mean, if yeah, it's not physical,
1: sure. it was emotional. Yeah. If it, and then he fed my mom alcohol and drugs
2: all this time, so he can keep. So doing. he could keep doing what he was doing because yes. he was a sexual abuser. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, why do you feel like you you have to forgive yourself because you didn't do anything? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because it was once, maybe twice, that you know I known of it. Uh huh. And
1: when I told him that I hated him at the age of like seven or eight, I meant it. Like I never said I loved him again. So there was a father wound there. Yeah. Um, there was. Um, not no more because I I filled it. You know, filled it. Um. But so that was my childhood, and of course, alcohol, drugs, and my mom, she was um, connected with the Texas Banditos, and um, so that type of the environment, Texas Banditos
2: are a biker gang. Yes.
1: Yeah. So that type of environment was all around us.
2: So you had bikers and stuff around yes. you. Yes. This is hardcore stuff. And
1: well, it's the truth. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, I mean yeah. I,
2: that's a hardcore. Um, that's a hardcore upbringing. Yes, you sir. Know? Yeah.
1: And there's some been times where, you know, three-day biker parties and drugs and sex and rock and roll. And
2: you were just, I we mean, just, almost one of the banditos, right? Yeah. Like nobody was keeping you from any of this stuff. No, no. Yeah.
1: We were just kids running around, seeing everything. Uh, nobody was trying to hide nothing or nothing. What
2: part of Texas was this going down in? All over?
1: Yeah, Willis, Conroe. Okay. Um, Conroe, close to Houston. Con- yeah, Close to Houston. Yeah. Just a little bit of towns in between. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah. Um, we grew up and my mom, you know, she, I love my mom. Don't get me wrong. I love my mom to the day I die, but she had her own flaws. You know, she knew about the abuse and she took it out on the old, my older sister. Um, and then she, you know, she was sick herself. She was in her addiction herself. So, um, but she did, I would say the best that she could, but. Maybe she could have done better, a lot better, uh, but
2: you know she had her own flaws. But anyways, so how, that, how about for you when you when all that's happening, right? Yes, sir. And, and the, you're in the middle of all this. When do you are, are you experimenting or using drugs at this time? And you can't call me sir ever again.
0: Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I'm gonna try not to pee. But uh, no, I was a uh, lot young um okay. at this time. But I think the first time that i experiment on drugs was, and I told myself before then that I'll never smoke, drink or nothing because I've seen it all my life. Well, of course, being around the environment, you know, and seeing all this, um, you know, what are you going to do? You you do what you know. Um, It was on the military base on White Sands Missile Range um, that me and this dude, another kid, smoking weed on the military base on um in the park and I got my first taste of um, the marijuana, you know, first first taste of, of how old a high. you think you were? Um thirteen, I wanna say um yes, I'm gonna say just thirteen. And after that, that's after that, and then I didn't do anything, you know, that was fun, one one time deal. And then 16 years old, uh, shit hit the fan, um, and cops were involved. He ran away. He ran up to Alaska.
2: Was he always kind of on the run? Is that why you were moving around? Yes. Yeah.
1: But when shit hit the fan, he took off. He left everybody. He left me and my mom sitting in New Mexico, and then my mom's going through DTs, and then we had to travel through a Greyhound bus at the age of 14. I had to step up and listen to the microphone. I had to be the man. Yeah. And my little two sister, my my sisters, were were down here, you know, dealing with CPS and stuff like that.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. At the time, but um. So.
2: So they were they weren't in the mix. No. No. Yeah.
1: yeah they they, they went, were
2: quote unquote safe. At yeah. The time. They were safe. Yeah.
1: Um. But me and my mom, we we. So it had, was just you and your mom on the yep, Greyhound bus. Yep. And she's trying to take these little shots of alcohol
2: take, take, to get yeah. by. Yeah,
1: and um, she's over here just messed up, man. Like I had to drag you know, carry. Was she her. doing like heroin? Um, not. I don't know. Okay, you, yeah. mean, you don't
2: know, but she's she's yeah got DTs bad. Yeah, she got DT bad. She always told us that withdrawing for people. Who yeah, are.
1: we. She always told us kids, and she kept it on the down low for the most part of our young childhood life. But um, I'm gonna go see a man about a horse, but. We never seen a horse. <laughs> so when I grew up, I'm realizing, I'm like, man, she was just saying that so she can go by herself. Because we always wanted to go with her. But anyways,
2: but. So you're on the Greyhound bus. I want to ask you one thing. When we will go back a- to the bus, I'll remember. But did you see any violence? Like growing up, yes. you're, you're around a biker, biker gang. I would imagine that stuff could, could pop off rather quickly. Any mm-hmm. Anything you saw um, that. That. Obviously, you saw a lot of stuff that somebody, a, a young man, should not be seeing. But anything just to kind of illustrate a little bit.
1: Yes, sir. Um, I did see violence. My mom and my dad got into it heavily. You know, he always—I never seen him punched her, but he held her down. But she was a firecracker. She, she get drunk and she will try to well on him and stuff like that. And then she'll flip out in the car and try to bust the windshield out while we're going down the highway just wild um I've seen a couple biker fights um in the yard as a young kid but again I thought that was normalized um yeah so
2: so you're traveling uh the Greyhound bus with yeah. all this baggage emotionally right which you can never outrun and you're on the bus with your mom and where do you guys go where do you end up you go to my grandpa's house and where's that uh in Conroe okay
1: um, my grandpa um love him to death. Uh we really never had a relationship with him because of him, because my stepdad yeah. always kept us from everybody. Gotcha. For that reason. Um, but my mom called her dad. It was her dad. Finally. So she called her dad, Dad, I need this is the situation, I need your help. Come home, baby. You know, he like, Come home, daughter. Uh so is it was me and her, we move into his house.
2: Um Was there stability there?
1: Yes. Um, right. He didn't allow her to drink, um, so she's trying to recover and 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 get, you know, get clean.
2: Yeah. Do, what What was your uh, like remembrance of that? Like, did you notice her? Was she able to move towards that, or did her did her personality? Because look, you tell me about your mom. You know, we all have trauma um, a lot of times in addiction. I, I don't want to yeah. say speak for everybody. I can speak for myself, but you know, it just sounds like a a woman who's addicted. Yes. Like I mean at the end of the day you can say this that the other thing this is behavior is behavior that's reflected of a, of a drug addict. Yes sir. You know which I can relate to and which I've seen I've surrounded myself with those people. So when she's trying to get clean does she kind of move back into somebody who's you know in recovery we restore our sanity. I mean there's a lot more to do. Yeah. But did you ever see that with her?
1: Um maybe if if I did it was briefly. Um because we lived there stability with my grandpa's house. Um, She was a little happier, um, per se, but the stepdad was kind of still in the picture and communicating with her. So when she really never got detached from him while we were staying with grandpa, um, he wasn't allowed over there, but for some reason they you know, made attempts to see each other and trying to figure stuff out and what's gonna happen to him because the laws got called. Is he still and, on the
2: run? At this time from, from what you remember? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: He never got busted. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what the case is, if it got dropped yeah. because nobody pressed the issue. Yeah. I don't know. But um anyways.
2: Is this dude still alive? Yes. Okay. We'll get back to this conversation in a second. But right now, a word from our sponsors.
0: Did you know you could be putting oil and chemicals in your coffee? I love coffee creamer, but I don't think I've ever turned the bottle around to actually see what's inside. When I did, I found out many of my favorite creamers contain ingredients I would never intentionally add to my coffee cup, like canola oil, dipotassium phosphate, ew, and artificial flavors. Laird Superfood all started when big wave surfer Laird Hamilton needed morning fuel that could allow him to spend the entire day chasing the ultimate wave. He couldn't find anything in the market that met his ingredient standards, so made himself the ultimate plant-based creamer. Laird Superfood started and launched its first product, Original Superfood Creamer, in 2015. Laird Superfoods contain no artificial flavors, colors, or additives, and no sugars from highly refined corn syrup. All Laird products are sustainably sourced and thoroughly tested to ensure that you're incorporating the cleanest, finest fuel in to your routine all Laird products are also made of all natural whole food ingredients and they are crafted from the highest quality all natural real food ingredients are you ready to feel more energized focused and supported go to LairdSuperfood.com and add nourishing plant based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset use our promo code boo at checkout to save 15 percent off your purchase today
3: i'm your puzzle loving pal and i'm gonna tell you about my latest obsession wongo puzzles these things are the real deal folks They're high quality, handcrafted, and perfect for anyone who loves a good challenge but doesn't want to dedicate their entire kitchen table to puzzles for a week. Trust me, I've been there. (laughs) I might still be there. But I got one of these actually for Christmas. I loved it. I did it, and I was so proud of myself. And they have all these cool designs, and you need to go to wongopuzzles.com and use our discount, B-H-H. You get 10% off. And I really want to know if you'll order one of these puzzles, How? what you think about it, because it's so fun, and I need to order, like, five.
2: Hi, everybody. This is Pete Souza. I love smoothies, but I don't love smoothie bar prices. With my BlendJet 2 Portable Blender, I can make smoothie bar-quality beverages for a fraction of the price. BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita at the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. It lasts for 15-plus blends and recharges quickly with a USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap, and you're good to go. With over 30-plus colors and patterns to choose from, there's a BlendJet 2 to complement just about any style. I like the urban camo print myself. So what are you waiting for? Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code peat 12 That way you'll get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 Portable Blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code PETE12. Remember, you get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever.
3: Cure hydration. If you are obsessed with your hydration like I am, this may be something good for you. This is something that is so easy Forget about the Gatorade. That just dehydrates you even more. And if you don't like the taste of coconut water, try Cure Hydration. You can go to my offer link. It is zen, Z-E-N a i slash BHH20. This is vegan. It's no added sugars. It's just a little packet you could put in your water. Or if you're really smart during happy hour, you could put it into your Tito's. It is just as effective as an IV drip. And it's if you do not like the taste of water, it's not as boring as water, not as sugary as the sports drink. And if you're an athlete, it'll give you the best performance. Or if you just get brain frog or headaches because you do not stay hydrated. Brain frog, Brain fog. <laughs> I the brain solution fog. is... Cure hydration. So go to that link, enter the code. You can go to my offer link. It is zen, Z-E-N dot A-I slash B-H-H-20. Cure hydration. So me and my mom's living at my
1: grandpa's house. And then I think it was about, we didn't stay there very long, Pete. Um, Maybe a couple months. I started uh, my freshman high school year. Uh, There, my grandma and grandpa took me clothes shopping, brand new clothes. I felt good. Yeah, I was like, man, this is what you know. <laughs> it's supposed to be like, yeah, yeah, brand new clothes, first day of school. I'm, you know, this is check this out. Um, and um, but my mom gathered because I was on disability. Um, so there's a little bit of income that I have connected to me at an early age. Um, she took that. We found a house. Um a crappy, you know, ran down single Y trailer. Um, and me and her moved out of my grandpa's house so she can start drinking again and wildness. So that little sobriety of hers did really didn't last. Yeah. Um and we went she went right back to what she knew. And now you're living in another house of yep. ill
2: repute, basically. Yes.
1: Same thing, same thing. And then at, at that time, that's when, the weed smoking started becoming more and more, because I didn't have a father figure, you know. I didn't have positive influence in my life. Uh, my mom, she was. I don't think wild, you need to do any
2: explaining. You know, so, <laughs> as to why all this went down. Yeah. So I mean, I'm
1: trying not to forget anything um, no. that are, is, you know, that needs to be said. But I'm, but yeah, it was crazy. She had people, guys in and out, in and out. And this time, she he ran up to Alaska. At this time, he's gone. He's out of the picture. Um, my stepdad is, and um, so she's got guys in and out of the house. And I'm being a ninth grade freshman, and I am being um, what's that word? Just defiant, defiant.
2: Oh, defiant. Okay, I'm yeah.
1: Defiant. I'm. You're you know, rebelling. I ain't got no rules. Like she didn't give me no rules. So when no you're going league. to school, are you acting like an outlaw too? Yeah, not maybe not as much. Not as much as ninth grade, but it didn't take long for me to to do what I want when I want. You know, yeah. I didn't know I didn't have nobody to tell me nothing. So smoking weed, ran into my old buddies, and that's all we were doing for a while. And then um, tenth grade came along, and that's when it got introduced to coke and weed and coke and drinking and. For the most part of the high school.
2: So are you doing cocaine and going to school? Yeah,
1: going, Like all day I'm, long.
2: You're doing cocaine yeah, and stuff? I'm
1: doing cocaine. I'm I'm bringing weed to school. I'm selling weed.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, sometimes to um, you know, anybody that wants to buy, you know, my my buddies. Um, there's been times where I I had a little Mexican buddy, um, Spanish buddy, that um he his bigger brother dealt with that. Uh, cocaine. cocaine yeah and so i had endless amount of uh, hookup so he'll bring me he even bring me up on like front yeah like pay me back later yeah so i could like cocaine was always there
2: um wow. and then how we, was that affecting you at all mentally and stuff were you losing your shit i mean because i've i've been in situations where you're just doing speed for days on end yeah and you really start to mentally you 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 start to kind of come unglued I yeah. mean, literally people, this is not a cliche. You're hearing voices, you're seeing stuff. You're up for days at a time. I mean, the four horsemen, they're, yes. <laughs> they're coming yeah. for you. You see them. Yeah. Did you have any of that? Um,
1: Not so much okay. then, Um, mm-hmm. but I was having fun.
2: Yeah. Okay. I thought
1: this was supposed to be. So this you're kind you know... of
2: feeling relief finally. Yes. You, you found, and that's what I found in alcohol and drugs, right? Right. Hey, this is, this is. I need this because of deficiencies within my personality, or what I, what I'm short on, right? Whether it's courage, whether it's, you know, brain power, or whatever ability to stay awake, or insecurities. And and for you, it was kind of, I would imagine, like God, I can put all this noise, yeah, I can shut this down for a little bit.
1: Yep, um, for sure. Um, but yeah, I was just having fun. I yeah. was
2: I was. I thought this. This was what You're it, basically dealing with a cartel. Yeah, this and you're, is you're, yeah. You're, you're you're I mean, I want to say that because we're in Texas. Right? I know enough to know that you you don't want to but you're right? you're basically dealing with a cartel. Yeah. In 10th grade.
1: Yes. Um because of the the dude I was messing with um his big brother like don't bring nobody over my house. It was it was legit. Like I had to stay outside and he brought it over
2: like it was I got to give you credit though. It was serious. You you were obviously a likable trustworthy person, even in your addiction, because yeah. now we're, we're talking about, they don't just let anybody in, in, in these circles. Right. Right. There must've been a quality about you where people felt safe or trusted you. Did
1: I was you? honest. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been like a uh, honest, uh trustworthy guy, even when I was messing with old boy, you know, uh-huh. the, yeah. the Spanish boy. Um, and he knew it. He knew I wasn't going to say nothing. um, I'm never you know like yeah, back in the day in high school, I didn't rat on nobody, yeah, um, but I appreciate that um,
2: <laughs> so how was your how was your experience in high school, like you're having fun, yeah you know, we're talking about sophomore year, then you're a junior, then you're a senior what yeah. what what happens as you as you move your way towards being eighteen,
1: yeah, so um, in my sophomore year, I get a lot of trouble, um uh, because no now, shit now, the cops. <laughs> Now the school police officers, they know of me, they know about
2: me, they. And know. this is in Conroe. Uh, yes. Okay.
1: Um, and they know about me. They know what I'm about. They, uh, um, they know I come to school high, uh, stuff like that. Smelling like weed and stuff. Um, but yeah, I went to boot camp a couple times. Homeschool or the homecoming dance, I got in big trouble with going coming to home homecoming dance and
2: were people like were you almost a celebrated figure in high school because you always had the drugs and you were a cool I, guy?
1: I think I was. Yeah. I mean, I that think I was. Were... I knew I knew the you know Latin Kings. Uh-huh. I knew all the cowboys. I was friends with the preps, you know, I was friends with a lot of uh, category of you yeah, know, demographical or whatever however you want to called them people or people, but um yeah, I think I was. Yeah. Um and everybody liked me. But um yeah, anyway. What happened at homecoming? Oh, man, me and my buddy, I met this boy named William, and me and him clicked, like, I mean, just, like. Thick as thieves. Like, thick as thieves. We're still thick as thieves. Like, oh. all these years, we're best friends. Yeah. Um, He gets on my nerves. I get on his nerves. <laughs> like, he's out of, he's he's in, you know. He's, he, he's out recovery? Of, oh, yeah. Oh, I um, love it. I well, got a buddy like that. He He's not, like, how we went. Mm-hmm. He's, like, self-driven. Uh-huh. Like, he just stopped. Yeah. He just quit. And I was like, man, but, um, but yeah, me and him, um, we, we had one class together, and that was it, and Thick of Thieves, and we went in homecoming. And we wasn't there for five seconds, Pete, no lie. I walked past the, the vice principal, and he's like, Richard, come here. Like, why do you smell like marijuana? I'm like, what, huh, what would you say? <laughs> and I just kept walking. And then five seconds later, here comes all the police officers, and they got five of us. You know, me and him, another couple dude, and a couple girls, and we all went to boot camp. What and was boot camp? Boot camp was the juvenile justice education program.
2: How how long was that? Like, um, were we talking overnight or no? Okay. That was a
1: couple months. Okay, um, we went we.
2: But you're in and out. You can go home, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah,
1: we went home, but it was like six o'clock in the morning, to six o'clock at night. Did
2: you learn anything from that?
1: Um. No, I don't think so, because <laughs> I, t- I went back twice. <laughs> okay. I got out, went back to school, and wasn't out of school for about a month, okay. and they put me right back into okay, to okay. the boot camp style. Yeah. Um, but other than that, high school was high school. Um, I didn't learn nothing. Uh, you know, I wish I would have paid more attention, but the you know, I just wasn't there to learn. Yeah. I was there to have fun. Yeah, I was there to sell weed and you know do what I want. You know, I went to school to 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 talk to my buddies. Yeah, and I didn't. You know,
2: so school was a party. It was a blast. Yeah, it was, because when you go home, there's no consequences. No. So if you get in huge trouble at school, it's like, how did you manage to? Did you get kicked out?
1: No, I never got kicked out. Wow. But um, there's there's a lot of things that I did that I should have. Uh-huh. Got kicked out. I mean, out. You're
2: in high school, dealing coke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So when that. you got when when you finish high school, I'm you know what what happens and so, how, how are things at home with mom?
1: Yeah. So high school, my mom was like I said, doing whatever my mom wanted to do. Um, she let my friends come over whenever we party. She let us drink on school days, and you know she got our marijuana for us. Um, and that's how she thought she was connecting with me. Yeah. Um, again, I, you know, I love my mom to death, Yeah. but she had her ways. Yeah. Um, and, um, after high school, Pete, um,
2: oh, I'm going to skip stuff. By the way, I don't know your mom. Yeah. Like I can certainly say I understand her Yeah. and I understand what she was going through. I I, I just, I, I, you know, like that's, and that's the thing about addiction, man. Like I don't. And sometimes people outside of recovery or outside of addiction, they just don't understand. Why is this happening? They don't. No, and and you become so captured by these substances and by addiction. It's just your life is is, is clearly not your own. And your only way to connect with your son, who you love, who's literally – I mean, talk about a bond, that Greyhound bus. Like, you you know, you're running quarterback – there's that sounds like an incredible bond. And so she does want to connect with you. She loves you. So this is how. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, she always had like
1: protect me in her own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I skipped. Something. I grew up with cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's and, how you get the disability and I get yeah. disability, uh, uh, but she always, you know, stressed my muscles out, made me sure I, I did a lot of PT yeah. and, um, stuff like that. But, um, yeah. Um in senior year of high school. Pete, yeah. Uh by the way, you're
2: allowed to get emotional. Don't. Nah. Worry. <laughs> yes.
1: and, uh in senior year of high school, I'm doing my thing. At this time or um around September, my mom is living with a biker dude. And the story is he made her quit drinking at her his house cuz she had a Need a place to stay. Come on. Come on with it. But you're not drinking. But she got into his pills, speed pills or something. Yeah. While she was there, well, it put her in a coma. She got put in a hospital and then never woke up, like, in a coma for six, eight weeks. Within that six to eight weeks, um, I was living with my friend William. The guy yeah. I told you about, I moved out of my mom's house, um, prior prior to that. senior year, uh-huh, okay, uh, maybe eleventh year, uh, junior year of high school. I moved out. I said, "Mom, you're too crazy for me. I need my high school diploma. Yeah. I can't get it here at this house because the party's getting thrown, and you're wait, you're staying up all hours of the night, yeah, and dope is being cooked in the house, and I can't." is toxic. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to go live with my buddy William and his family. And so there there was a little, sti- you know, still stability. Sti- yeah. sti- stability there at his house.
2: Dad, grandmother. Yeah. And they were probably know. like, let's take care yeah. of Richard. Yeah, yeah. the grandmother
1: loved me to death. Uh, sometimes loved me more than him. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm just playing William. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, so I moved out. Senior year of high school, she gets put in the hospital.
2: Does she does, does she survive? No. Okay, so she this this kills her.
1: Yeah, this kills her. This puts her down at the age of forty four or forty five. Wow. Um, she just her cirrhosis was like hard, like rock hard, black and black. Um, and she died of cirrhosis of liver. Um, and I prayed to God, um, within the time frame of her you know in the coma and i went to saturday church or i went to church and i was still partying yeah but i was still i was going to church i was like hey god i heard if i prayed enough or i prayed hard enough that you answer prayers so let's do it um so i prayed i prayed i prayed and um it didn't go my way it she didn't survive so i'm like all right god if you ain't gonna listen to me you ain't gonna hear my prayers I don't want to hear, you know, I'm not going to listen to you. So that sent me on, uh, on the path of destruction. Yeah. After high school, I did get my high school diploma and, um, which is amazing. Yes. When you tell me, I got stuff, my high man. school diploma Jeez. somehow.
2: That says something about you and your ability, your determination. Yes. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Um, but yeah. And senior year was a breeze. Mainly because my mom passed away, okay. and everybody in the school, all the teachers, all the hey, cops, okay, they knew okay. it. Yeah. Um. So they kind of left me alone. I was walking off. I had a release at one o'clock, but I didn't have a car. I needed to catch the bus, so I walked off pro- uh, school property into you know a couple houses down and got bags of weed and tablets and
2: X exos and yeah. you know just drugs you're going to school you're going back on campus with all these tablets with all these yeah different types of drugs and you you manage to you get by though you 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 get your diploma i get my diploma you, you leave high school and then i got to imagine you're 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 pissed now right i mean yeah, you've I'm got mad. all this all this stuff that happened to you all this trauma and now you're just flat out mad because you tried to make a deal with god and you got burnt yep and now what I imagine you told me you stopped drinking at 22 or stopped using drugs at 22 for a while. What the hell happens between 18 and 22?
1: Oh man, my life was a blur. Really? Yeah. Um, I uh, uh, after high school, uh, you know, I get I leave w- Williams' house and move in with my sisters. Uh, I moved in with my big sister and her husband. But I was like, okay, I got a couple warrants, you know, traffic tickets warrants in this area so let me just you know get uh, you know just go to jail and turn myself in and so I turn myself in so I don't get pulled over one night and get more charges if you know maybe holding drugs or you know get my car so they'll run
2: your plates and they won't be like hey come with us let's search your car yeah so I thought I just get pulled over yeah
1: I thought I was being smart and I just you know get dropped off at the police station and hey take me in I got a couple warrants you know, let me let me set my tickets out, and they take me. They say, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah." I uh, said, so let me go to jail. Ain't no thing. And um, so they take me to jail, and I you know stay you know stay a little bit in jail, and um, I didn't like jail. I was like, "No, nah, this ain't for me, man. I can't go nowhere. I can't smoke. I can't do nothing." I said, "I don't like jail." So, but I had to get the tickets and stuff out of the way. And, um, so I, get- I had
2: to, by the way, I'm not stopping. I had to do the same thing. Yeah. I had an outstanding warrant for a DWI in Charlotte and I was like, okay, let me go turn myself in. Yeah. This is after I got sober. My sponsor was like, you got to take care of that. Um, this is probably like 13 Ooh. years ago, 12, something. No, no, probably the, uh, nine or 10. So I go down there anyways and people don't understand. Like you turn yourself in. Mm hmm. And school's out, man. Man. Once you're in there, like, there's no, like, hey, (laughs) hitting a button, like, I'm good, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, once you are in there, you and you have that fear, like, oh, my God, like, I could be in here forever. Like, you really don't, you don't know, because that's how the system, quote, and I know people need consequences, and I think all that stuff's good, but, yeah, once you're in there, man. Yep. It's pretty scary. Yeah. So so you're in there and you're like, I don't like this. Yeah,
1: I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like this. I got checked once and I'm like, Hey man, I can't I can't <laughs> let this slide. Man, I know I'm a little guy, but I can't let it
2: slide. Checked means somebody cho- challenged yes. you. Yeah, yeah somebody, oh.
1: yeah. Um but after that I get out. How long were you in there for? Just just about a month or so. Yeah. Not, Jeez, not that's, that's
2: a, just that's a I long mean, time. I don't even think yeah. it
1: is that long. But uh it felt that long, maybe longer. <laughs> I don't know. But um I made a good friend in there, though, but he told me, he said, man, young blood, if if you come back in here, it's going to be a different story. So I guess he was, you know, I don't know what that meant. But yeah. um, anyways, I get out of jail, and my sister's gone. Her and her husband split up uh-huh. because they're in the middle of their drug addiction. Yeah, um, And then I'm, I go back to my brother-in-law's house where my sister was. And I'm like, hey, man, what do you want me to do? You want me to go back or find somewhere else? He goes, no. You can hang out with me. You ain't got to go nowhere. So it was just me and him for the longest time. Um, doing drugs, you know, coke, meth, uh, you know, anything that gets high. And um, drunk. And then a couple years like that. And, and when you say K-S. it's funny.
2: Because... I, you've been very detail oriented as, as, as well as you can be in a situation like this, chronicling your life and your story. But when you said my life was a blur, it really was. It was. Yep. You just lose days, you lose meth, you lose months. You, you, I mean, and ultimately you lose years yeah. of your life.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's been times where I got guns pulled out on me. Um, there's been times where I got a couple cars got stolen from me um woke up you know or gave the keys to some dude and hey i'm gonna go back i'm gonna go get us some you know a lick a yeah. uh, dope And um uh, i'll be right back and never come back <laughs> i'm like okay it's been three days where's my car you know so um just chaos
2: and just, We can laugh at this stuff now yes, because yeah, we're I know. on the right side of the yeah. fence, man. And I mean, I've but done it's the scary.
1: Same, I've done the same thing. Yeah. I've, I've stolen. Um, went, you know, going back to my teenager age, you know, I got out, snuck out of the window, and, um, you know, stole out of cars and stole yeah. vehicles and just crazy life. But, um,
2: what? So when do the consequences? What what happens? What where happens? You you end up at twenty two and you and and it's is there incarceration? Is there is there? Break it down.
1: Yes. Um. So I'm living with my buddy. I'm so that place where I was at with your with your my brother in law with my brother in law. Uh, it got too hot. Yeah. It got you no know, police. Um, people were going to jail. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done living in this trap house. You know, with nothing but dope in and dope out and police. Anybody dealing in there? Or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's
2: what we all did. Okay.
1: Um, and then one time. Um, and if this I go what, into
2: this house, can I get whatever I need? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> if we had it on us at the time.
1: Yeah. But um, one time there was a drug enforcement agency's DEA that knocked down the door and we had the cameras outside to, to watch. Yeah. But um, they snuck up on us and they knocked down the door and they low, you know put us all in handcuffs and was looking for one particular that main guy and um and he wasn't there he was on the run he was he was going to get a, a sack or whatever drugs and um they said well, when we come back they all y'all getting cases so that got me enough scared right there to leave so I left that house and moved in with family, friends, and they're good people.
2: Yeah. Let me ask you one thing about the house. Uh, this is, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, because I've been in houses like that, just hanging out. Yep. Using, and were you watching, the like, are you watching Rockets games, or like, is, there t- is the TV on? Is it? I'm sure there was, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, but you were just you, you yeah. don't know. Yeah, again, back back to being a yeah. Book, we right? was
1: just doing our own thing. Okay, we wasn't okay. paying attention to who was showing up though. <laughs> um, All right, so you move in with family yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, um, and they're good people. They're good people. Yeah. Um, um, the wife and the husband they work and and the wife stays home and they're really good Christian people. And I move in with them and I'm like I'm done doing drugs, and I'm coming down and they're they're accepting my you know my outburst you know yeah you're
2: you're losing your yeah mind.
1: i'm losing it i'm yeah. like i'm done with this i want to leave no you're gonna stay here so and i listen to people pretty well you yeah. know hey you're gonna do hey why don't you do this okay
2: follow us yeah follow direction yeah, uh, the key for me getting sober in my experience yep. and this goes back to maybe experience with athletics or i was coachable yes i If you remain, and you got to stay coachable in recovery. Yes. Which is, we're about to get to that side of your story. But like, if you don't remain coachable, look, you may not use, you probably will eventually, but you're going to be miserable. Yep. So remain coachable. So you listen to people. Yeah, I listen
1: to people. I was coachable. Yeah. Um, And it depends on who was telling me, you Mm -hmm. know, good people or the wrong kind of people. So, and that's pretty much, you know, I was a follower, I guess, if you want to call it that. But um, so they were good people, and they said, "Hey." And one time, she goes, "Me and her son was like best friends, and and he was an addict too." And um, she said,
2: "This is not William." No, okay,
1: no, it's the person I moved in with, but so okay. he was an addict too. But he didn't do the hard stuff that I did. Um, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes we did. We we screwed up. Yeah, but um. She told both of us, "Hey, I'm gonna take y'all to this place, and y'all um just hear me out and and y'all listen to these uh counselors drug counselors, and do a survey and if you don't like it, then we can just go home so I'm like i right, you know i'll I'll listen to you um so she took both of us to this um community resource place and they were doing free surveys, drug counseling surveys, um, the ACES, um, like a drug you know, survey. Mm-hmm. Um and after I did that survey What's the, give me
2: an example of a question
1: um that you remember? Do you have a hard time um staying away from alcohol? How many Check. Time, <laughs> how many times a day do you think of drugs? Yeah. How many times have you used in the past week? And you sat there and you did this. And I did this. Yeah. Um again, coachable. And I yeah. she drove us there. We took the test survey. And after I took that survey, my eyes were like open. I realized and he told me, hey, look, Richard, you know, you have a addiction a personality. Yeah.
2: Um and I didn't realize that. I really nobody told me about So, you just kind of thought you were involved with the wrong people. Like, you've been around your whole life. You're dealing drugs. Yep. Meantime, you're still, and this is my favorite part of like the terminal uniqueness. I'm not like them. Yep. Right? You're not like the junkies you're selling drugs to.
1: I can stop anytime I want to.
2: Yeah. So, but yeah. That is the insanity, Richard. That is the insanity right there. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that because that is such a window into addiction right we find ourselves with in, in in unsavory places with lower companions you know what i mean like any place any way i can justify yeah. continuing to keep the train rolling huh. yeah so you so you your eyes are open though and i'm I'm guessing if you're all like me you don't stop right away but you but you know yes okay you know okay i got this thing and you're, start, you're starting to sink in but you kind of keep going
1: yes yeah um so yeah i realize. well shoot maybe i do have a problem and then um and then she's like, "What well, do y'all want, do you, we'll take you to this place called Narcotics Anonymous. And I'm like, okay. So me and my buddy together went to Narcotics Anonymous um, because of the mother yeah. was, you know, pushing us towards it.
2: Hey, I'll take you guys there. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, um, and we're just there just to make her happy. That's all we're going there for, just to make her happy. And we we're smoking weed on coming home because weed ain't a drug. That's what yeah. she, that's what I, we thought.
2: Yeah, you know, uh-huh.
1: I thought marijuana, weed. You know, <laughs> you know, that's plant based and all this. Yeah. So for me, weed ain't a drug, blah. But so I'm going to NA, but smoking weed. You know, because for you, cause it's not speed.
2: You know, yeah, it's not. It's, it's not, not cracks. Not my heroin. drug of choice yeah. uh-huh. or whatever.
1: But uh, anyways, um, and then the head lady at the lcdc or at the na place lcdc lady she was talking to me one night and this is where connect the dots follow she was talking to me one night she's like what you gonna do this uh this weekend richard i'm like well uh my grandpa called me and wanted me to go to a family reunion and i highly respect my grandpa so i that's what i'm gonna do this weekend she goes, Oh, that's funny. That's what I'm gonna do this weekend. And I'm like, okay. And um I said, I'm like, we're like making connections and stuff, but I didn't realize. Um, and then still kind of foggy, but anyways.
2: She's related to you.
1: She's related, she's best friends with my my grandpa's sister. Yeah. And I didn't know it. Uh huh. Anyways, she found out, or somebody something happened, and she found out that it's the same family reunion as, you know, as mine. And she was going, we run into together. She's like, oh, hey. Well, anyways, I was living with my buddy. And my grandpa called me one time and said, hey, Richard, or hey, Bubba. He called me Bubba. Hey, Bubba, um, I need some help with my floors in the kitchen, you know, hardwood floors. And you mind coming and helping me for the weekend? I'll bring you back. I said, yes, sir, I will. You know, again, yeah. highly respect my grandpa. And um, so he came pick me up, and I went and I done the job with him. And on the way back, that weekend was over, um, he said, Hey, well, you mean your grandma want you to come live with us at the age of twenty yeah. twenty, twenty one, uh-huh. somewhere around. There. And um, I'm like, Okay, Papa. And at this time, my grandma started showing signs of uh, Alzheimer's. Yeah, and it was a big like my grandpa had a his whole plate like he had a yeah lot a lot on his going plate. on
2: yeah um so anybody that knows a caretaker for somebody with Alzheimer's yeah dementia I mean my mom did it for my dad it, it is really yeah my dad had Alzheimer's and it was uh, it's just it's really hard yeah that's all I can say from my experience it is. And and if you have somebody that's connected to it, like my mom, I was living here, but she would talk to me about it every day. And it's just so your your grandfather is his plate is full, like yeah. you said at this time.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was all about grandma. Um, but he asked me, Bubba, you wanna come live with us? I'm like, all right, Papa. I knew what that meant. It meant I would have to give up yeah. the smoking, everything. The drinking, yeah. everything. And um and then um he it took me about a week, Pete. To make a decision, he didn't bug me. He asked me once, and that was it. And about a week later, I called my grandpa and said, "Pa, pa, come get me." He's like, "All right, we'll be there." So I had a little furry dog, um, Australian Shepherd, Uh that I just got. He said, "Yeah, you can bring your dog too." (laughs) So I was happy about that. But um, yeah, I went to my grandpa's house, and that's when my life a fork in the road. Yeah, um, that's when it it totally changed. it, It was changing. For the yeah, better. Yeah. Um, at one point in time, you know, he was like, you think you can work? I'm like, yeah, 18 or, or sorry, uh, 21, 20, 21 yeah, yeah. years old. I, could, I think I can work. So we started a program, or he got me into this uh, disability uh, program that helps people with disability go back to work. Yeah, yeah. But I told him about my struggles with addiction, and she was like, well, I'm going to need you to get a paper signed. So
2: that automatically So you put you in AA meetings. Yeah, yeah. NA. or or, or yeah. NA because NA, you yeah. gotta get for people who don't know, when you have to get a paper signed, you have to prove that you're going to meetings yes. or meeting with the sponsor and Yep. Yeah.
1: Without getting any more help, she like, I want you to get this paper signed.
2: <laughs> I'm like, Oh crap. He's one of those, man. Oh my god. So that so that got you going there. Yeah, they got me uh, going to uh, NA again. Uh-huh, you know, for the yeah.
1: second time in my life. But um
2: but this time it sounds like it really took. yes yeah. yeah
1: with my grandpa's um andscalability and and having high respect for my grandpa and not bringing nothing to his house yeah stuff like that um I said he they him and my grandma drove me to n a three times four
2: times a week isn't that amazing I had the same thing like my parents yep. when and this yeah this is actually actually after I got sober and even before when I couldn't get it they would they would drop me off it would take me to meetings i mean they're you know in their 50s or 60s at this point and they have their grown son 30 something they're driving me to meetings and picking me up it's just a it's just amazing that's that love man i mean it's unconditional unconditional love, unconditional love. Uh, and, and it's out there and so your grandparents are doing that for you yes which is the most beautiful thing in the world because you're you're buying it at this point yes yeah, yeah.
1: well at first i was mad because i had to go to na I'm like yeah. man i don't think i'm one of these people still yeah. uh-huh. i still don't think i am <laughs> um but i'll i'll do it since you know i'm trying to get in this program so i go to na and the first 6 months it took 6 months p to really understand or, or finally connect that I don't want no part of what these people are drinking. Like these twelve steps, um, you know, surrender to a god of my understanding, a higher power. Of my so understanding. for six months, six months, you were on I the debate squad. Yeah, I was yeah. just, I was just going just to go to get that paper signed.
3: Yeah.
1: And um, but one one night it was a speaker meeting, and this tall, kind of tall guy, a uh, biker looking dude, rough, yeah. rough biker jacket. I mean, straight up,
2: you um, know, it looked like he could have been partying yeah. at your house, right? Yeah. So I
1: was like. I'm listening, and he's telling me he he's telling everybody his uh, testimony, his um, you know his story, and I tell you what, man, I'm like that's exactly my story, like how I grew up and how you know, so I heard about the sponsorship, you know, having <laughs> getting a sponsor, yeah, and but I'm not that person to ask, um um, pride or whatever you want to call it fear or whatever, but
2: it's one of the weird as a guy going into recovery. Yeah. Um, it's just weird to ask a man, another man to like, right. It's just, it, it's, it's hard to describe unless you've done it. And maybe even if you haven't done it, you get it. But like to be like beholden to another guy, be like, Hey, would you do this for me? It's, it's a, it's an interesting hurdle yeah. to have to try to leap. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, after the meeting, I, uh, Walked up to him. I said, I really like what you shared. Yeah. Uh, and um, I really like what you shared. Um, you mind, um, you know, you told my story, um, this and that. He goes, you know what? Call me. Yeah. So he wrote down his number. He said, here, call me tomorrow. You know, call me. Um, I'll be expecting you to call. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> and uh, so I grabbed his number. I'm like, all right. And sure enough. Um, I remember what you know, he's a scary looking dude. So I was like, Well, I better call him <laughs> before I see him at the meeting again. So yeah. I called him the very next day. I'm like, hey man, I don't know what I'm doing, but I he told me to call you, so I'm calling you. Yeah. And and then he just, you know, made me feel at ease. He said, Hey man, you know, it takes one day at a time. Um, how do you feel? You know, I told him a little bit about my backstory. He said, Okay, we'll keep coming to meeting.
2: Yeah. He said, I'll just be expecting you, you know, tonight and then tomorrow night. And then all of a sudden now, the accountability component really yes. starts to kick in. Yeah, the accountability. I mean, because you can go to meetings and and look, that that from, look, getting plugged in was everything for me, yep. but getting a sponsor, just being that next level of accountability, it changes things. Yes. It, it, it really does. And it changes things on whatever level you want to change them with your sponsor. You yes, know, sir. You, 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 I have work that I need to do. I've been sober for more than 11 years and I got a four step I got to do on some stuff right. and I got other writing I got to do. I keep doing it. Yep. You know, because yeah. <laughs> one, because I'm, I'm still nuts and another thing, yeah. you know, like I, I know that it works.
1: Yeah. You got to always apply those steps into your life. Yeah. It's a, it's not a, you know, a destination. It's a journey. Yes. You know? It's,
2: yes. You know,
1: but, um, anyways, um, so I started calling this guy and, and making friends with him and showing up and just hanging out with him and just feels like a father figure, another yeah. father figure, because the the father figure that I, I grew to you know, started grab gravitating to is my grandpa. Yeah. You know, I did I did work outside, me and him hung out, you know, I did things, I helped him take care of grandma. So that
2: was four years of going to meetings and how did that how did that change you Uh, because you talked about that hole that you fill with something else now yes that in my experience that kind of service quality time with 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 other people that are you know in recovery quality time with family members you love you're you're serving yep right you're helping out with your grandmother yes did that give you i always say that kind of stuff gave me the feeling alcohol and drugs did
1: yes yeah, I didn't think about drugs anymore like that. Um, I didn't have any cravings. I was on high on life, I guess you want to call it. Yeah. I was on that pink cloud yeah. that they talk about in the program. Um, you know, I was going through my steps. Um, I I jumped into a motorcycle club. Not the Banditos, <laughs> but it's the alternative, mo, alternative MC, motor, motorcycle yeah. club. And we was a recovery motorcycle oh. club.
2: I love it. Um,
1: we was um, we was blessed by the Texas Banditos because we had to get
2: permission from them.
1: No way! It's a whole uh, politics oh. or something over the
2: motorcycle. That is unbelievable. Yes, and so the Banditos are like, yeah, you can do this. Yes, wow. yes,
1: because we had the true rocker. Yeah, you know, under rocker, you know, yeah. patches, yeah. colors, and um, but we rode, we rode with a with a passion. We rode with a mission statement and um Did we you bring
2: recovery to different places yeah oh yeah. yeah
1: oh yeah biker clubs uh we pitch a tent and while all these wild bikers were passing our tent drunk we handed out pamphlets of NA hey man you can be a biker and stay sober you know so it was
2: fun it was fun um that is amazing yeah. that's the kind of stuff that like you can be a biker you can still be an outlaw and be sober oh yeah and that's but I, I I love being able to carry that message to people. You can be a bad dude or a bad girl, and you can still you know bad in a good way, but still have your own personality. Yes. be rough around the edges, be tough, and 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 be sober. Yep. You know, and I you're literally walking, living, walking proof your experiences of that. Yes, sir. Yeah,
1: yeah. They uh, I was the chaplain of the group because you got different labels. Yeah, um, Sergeant Arms and Vice president i was a chaplain so i prayed over the bikes before we left and i prayed over you know i was a chaplain but um uh, anyways it was fun i loved it i got me a little harley i still got that same harley today <laughs> and that was whew, that was a long long time ago but um yeah
2: so that's going on you're and you're still working in recovery now how do you you mentioned you get divorced and and, and you end up relapsing
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. I relapsed in my divorce. Uh, it was, I get married after I get a job. Yeah. And I'm doing, you know, the family thing for years from 23 or 24, somewhere around there, to all the way to 20. It only you lasted, got a 13-year-old boy. Uh, yeah, it yeah. only lasted four years, uh-huh. ups and downs, up and down. But I stayed single. I mean, I stayed uh, sober uh, throughout those up and downs of my marriage. But when it all came to an end, yeah, um, she had the kids, and I was left alone, and I was like twenty eight or something like that, and um, yeah, I was left alone, and I went back into a old environment, yeah, old people places and things. I went back to an old environment, and next thing you know, a, the drugs started coming. How long were you? Did you did you go out? Oh. I went out for about three four months.
2: Okay. What was
1: um, that like? Oh, it was wild. Um, I was crushing up my medicine, crushing up my pills.
2: Yeah.
1: I was I was finding Coke. You know, I walked up to a stranger in Houston and said, hey, man, do you sell? He said, yeah, I sell Coke at a McDonald's <laughs> in the middle of the night, like, like, like 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I sell. I said, all right, deal. Yeah. He, what he was my Coke
2: in. deal. He was my Coke dealer, you know, for... Those three months. What part of Texas are you in at this point? Uh, Houston. Okay. Or outside yeah. of Houston. Con- uh-huh. Con- so this is all still happening. How, what brings you to come back? Yes. What, what, what happens where you're like.
1: So okay. after, yeah, after my divorce, um, after the signing of my divorce and everything, um, she gave me my son. Like she uh, she said, here, you want to take care of Sebastian? I said, yeah, I would love to Great have game. him full, full time. And um, and she's like, "Here you go." And so, in the divorce decree, I put him in the divorce decree. Um, judge was like, "You know, you don't have to do this." I'm like, "Yeah, I, I would love to do it." And um, so I got my son. I'm full custody parent. So I was like, "All right, this is it."
2: So that's when you're like, "I'm done. Yeah.
1: So okay. I moved from from outside of Conroe to McGregor, Texas. Oh yeah, okay. So and that's when I you know started going to meetings again. Yeah. I found a couple of meetings and I found one meeting in McGregor and then um just for a day yeah. here in Waco and stuff like that and
2: started going to meetings again. And what happens to like you start to get back into it and you are uh you have a servant's heart talking to you. Yeah. Um unfortunately sometimes it was you were serving people who were using drugs, right? Yeah. But you were you you were of assistance. Yes. Now you talk about the work you did with 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 the, the Sober Biker Gang, talk about being a chaplain. I mean, it's very clear that you you flourish being in action. Yes, sir. So what kind of action do you start to take outside of N.A.? You know, how do you end up talking to people in in jails and, and, and in prison? How, you, you We were talking on the way up here about all all the sheriff's deputies and uh, yeah. the McLennan County sheriff's deputies and police officers, they all know who you are yeah. in a good way now.
1: Yeah, the, um, the ones that... Um, but yes, um. so when I get up here, I had to quit my other job as a veterinarian technician. Oh, no way. You yeah. were a vet tech? I was a vet tech. You're the man.
2: Okay. I was yeah. a vet,
1: a veterinarian technician for seven years, <laughs> and I loved it. I loved it, but my physical uh, ailments yeah. couldn't keep up. You know, my back went out, whatnot. So when I get up here, my little sister, I moved in with my brother-in-law and my little sister.
2: Uh-huh. I met your sister. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's awesome. Um. And whenever I moved in with their house, you know, she's like, what do you want to do, Bubba? You know, you don't, you know, can't. At this point in time, I didn't have no um, no income. I wasn't on disability because I was working full time as a veterinarian technician. And now they quit that job, so I got off disability. Um, so I was like, let me go to, um, so I had to go back on disability. But while I was doing that, I was like, She's like, what about college? So I was like, I don't know, sis. <laughs> I wasn't so good at high school. Um, I mm-hmm. didn't learn a lot. She's like, no, no, you can do it. So I went to MCC for four to five years. and um,
2: MCC is a college here in Central Texas. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes, um, McLennan Community College. and um, And within that, I just did one semester at a time. And one class, like, couple classes three classes at a time and um i took counseling classes basic counseling i wanted to be at lcdc i still want to be at lcdc
2: what exactly is an lcdc for people who are LCD, licensed counselor
1: a licensed chemical dependency Co- okay, counselor gotcha drug counselor okay yeah um but i took all those classes mm-hmm. and i graduated and that was like 2015 okay 2016 and i graduated in 2021 um in the middle of covid yeah and um but i graduated with three associates degrees <laughs> at one time i didn't really didn't know what i was i didn't know what i was going to get yeah but they like here here's a, here's a stack of di- 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 you know the di- um so i graduated with my um associate with mental health and then Substance abuse and addiction because I had the experience.
2: yeah you know the well, that's what addiction. I was about to say, finish up. I was yeah, what was the other degree? And
1: then um, youth
2: counseling.: Yeah, so you are, as we say, you are uniquely qualified yes. to carry this message. There is nobody else, and, and you and I talked about this when we met, um, there's nobody that can get through to these folks like you can or like i can or like somebody else who has walked that walk somebody who has who is an addict somebody who has the behavior somebody who has some kind of similar experience where they can say oh man like this guy was like me he he, he he's in recovery and now he's coming here to help me like th- there is there's a real opportunity for the light bulb to go on for people when somebody like you is bringing the message right to them yes sir <laughs> that's all right sorry be Pete. No. so I, so that's that's and that's what you start to do right you start to take this this knowledge you have and you bring it into and you work with veterans you work with people yes. that are incarcerated and yep. it seems like to me you don't stop doing it by the way
1: yes no i i really do like what i do um you know after my grad after graduation college and you know get my degrees um i wanted to you know i applied for this certain job at the um, um, behavioral justice center for, um, for the for the jail, and at first they, didn't, you know, something happened or didn't, something they didn't want. I didn't get hired, and then I was trying to get a job at a rehab
2: place. Which, by the way, that that is that that's real life, right? Yes. It's not like we get sober and the ball starts bouncing our way. Yeah. Right. Day in and day out, we get sober and we go back out into real life. We lose jobs. We, we, we experience breakups. Yes. We have death. I mean, there is no, it ain't all no unicorns and rainbows.
1: No, no. There's some trials and, you know, we
2: get living. <sighs> Tell me about you it. You know,
1: going through it uh, throughout this whole, you know, recovery. Yeah. Um, but, but you stay sober and you stay, stay sober, sober and
2: you can, I think a big thing that we're able to do now, I know with my own experience is like, now I'm going through stuff, trauma and sobriety, that I can share with people that come behind me. Yes. Say, hey. This happened to me three years ago. You're going through it now. You think it's never going to change. I'm here to tell you it changed for me. Yeah, Don't give up. Yeah. Don't
1: give up. I mean, it might be hard right now, but, um, whatever, you know, life ain't, ain't always easy. Yeah. You know? Um, and sometimes going through that hard stuff will make you a stronger person. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, anyways, so yeah, I get this job. I land this job for this, um, for the jail and, and the Heart of Texas Behavioral Health. Um, and I'm going into jail and doing what I do, you know, <laughs> carrying the message, carrying yeah. the message. And a lot of them, nine out of 10 of them, have a drug problem or had a drug problem, you know, prior to going to jail. And if we can fix that, well, if we can fix the reason why they use or what is it, reason why they started using, then we can fix, you know, okay, let's fix the substance use problem and then mental health problem. And then,
2: then you're good. What's the key to fixing the, the, the substance use problem? Um, in your opinion, in my opinion, in your, with, you, with your experience, cause you mentioned it. I got to ask
1: you. Yeah. Uh, mental health. I think, man, your, your own, um, you know, trial, your own, um, issues, um, working on yourself, what happened in your younger life? Yeah. Um, what, Got you. Why did you start using? Yeah. Um, it could be biological, you know, because the parents could be drinking and that stuff. It could be social. It could be, you know,
2: experience, experience. Yeah.
1: Um, it could be, you know, Boy Scouts and, you know, hey, look at this. Yeah. Here, smoke this cigarette. You know, yeah. cigarettes can be, addi- is addictive. Yeah. Um, A lot of people don't understand, but they think weed is the gateway drug. You know, cigarettes, back in the day, everybody lit up, you know, cigarettes ain't that popular no more, but it's vapes now, you yeah. know, with young kids, but those can be addictive. Yeah. And when you, you know, so.
2: You go into these jails, you say nine out of 10 guys. Yeah. Or, 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 or men and women are. Addicts. Addicts. and and so what 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 is how do they receive your message um i get some
1: compliments <laughs> i get some compliments i get some good feedback um there's some of them that you know don't understand it yet but there's a lot of them um they've been in there for a while uh there's a lot of them that have experience in a in their life Before of going into jail, but they didn't get it in time. Um, they went back out or something like that. Um, but yeah, they're you know.
2: Anything else you got? Anything? Here's something I like to ask people. If somebody's listening to this and they're they're like, I can't stop. You know, I don't know how I'm gonna stop, or you know, hey, okay, Richard, you're sitting here. I mean, literally outside of the relapse, which of course counts. You're talking about like 16 years of sobriety, almost. You know, yes. yeah. So, what what do you tell that person? I tell them, to, like
1: I said, uh, to begin with, like there's always help out there. You know, don't ever give up. Um, if you really want to quit, there's help. There's people out there to help you. Um, there's programs out there. There's um, go to the Heart of Texas able Health. Um, there's substance abuse place out there, just walk in the doors. You know, say, I need help. And behavioral health justice, um, you know, if you've ever been incarcerated, we'll take you, you know, we'll help you. Um, there's a lot of, there's always something to do. There's always help. There's always hope. Um, just don't give up. Don't act like there's, you know, don't act like it's, there. you can't do it. Because if me and Pete can,
2: anybody (laughs) can. That's what I say. I always tell people, look, if I can do it, I was as hopeless. I was told that, that I was as hopeless as somebody could be. And if I can do this, I'm telling you, anybody can. Yep. Just have to be willing. Yep. And and once you get in the door, you have to continue the willingness. Richard, dude, thank you so much. Open-mindedness, willingness, yeah. and honesty. And where can people find some of these resources? And any any resources you have that you want to talk about, or um, again, um, just go to the Heart of Texas Behavioral Health. Yeah, I'll put a link in here. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then um, there's so many the that uh, company right there has so many umbrella um, yeah. you know programs inside that um, from child you know t- children from from us Behavioral Health. Um, From all kinds of stuff so
2: i'm sorry you're perfect dude you did a great job all right thank you Pete. very much thanks so much for listening to the payoff with pete once again i'm pete souza and of course we are part of the rogue media network all kinds of good podcasts you can find at roguemedianetwork.com and of course you can find this podcast and all those other ones wherever you get your podcasts itunes spotify other spots like that